0: and merch button click on that it'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that hey on the swag that i'm using it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear sports history network and my favorite podcaster the sports history network store shop there today welcome happy friday everybody happy saturday happy sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday whenever you're listening to this podcast happy 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 uh on a couple personal notes first of all thanks for turning in as always really appreciate you guys turning in watching us every single listening to us every single week if you're on youtube obviously you're listening to us on your desktop maybe watching my little face on the screen uh that's about it uh so as and if you follow me on twitch you're definitely watching me when i stream so absolutely love every one of you guys you guys are great the best magnificent group of uh you guys keep doing what you're doing keep working hard you matter to somebody out there okay uh, this week first of all uh let's start off with the uh with the talk of the day we got afc nfc championship games this weekend right we got ravens chiefs niners lions one versus three one versus three we got nfl conspiracy versus nfl conspiracy right so there you have it uh that's how it's basically going to break down to us uh also we are talking about what are the Bucks doing? this segment uh, as well, because why would they fire their ho- head coach that's thirty and thirteen and bring in Doc Rivers? That's a question I have for the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll get more into that in a moment. And also, did the Hall of Fame get the votes right this year? Did we get the right people in, and who was left out? Those are the questions that we need answered, and why do we think we got they were left out? So, let's begin with this episode is in partnership with ShankItGolf.com, where you can get all your golfing apparel. It is end of January, folks. Spring is right around the corner. We can feel it. We're two months out. All we got to do is get there, right? It's been a crazy couple. It's been a crazy month of January. Freezing cold temperatures and now mild temperatures, but we're getting there to springtime, which means it's golf season for your nearest golfer in your family. And why not go out there and buy them a brand new polar on shankitgolf.com. Get a hat, use the code one guy. When you go to make a purchase that's O-N-E-G-U-Y to also help you out with a discount. Okay. There you go. One guy is your code for shankitgolf.com. Now, Let's start with the AFC Championship. It's a 3 o'clock game on CBS. We get to listen to Romo and Jim Nance. I'm going to love it because, you know, on Fox you get Greg Olson and that Kevin guy, and I don't know what Greg Olson's talking about half the time, but it's not football, it seems like, or he's just overly compensating for his lack of being a color analyst. Maybe that's it. So, either way, We got Chiefs, Ravens, Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones against that Ravens offensive line. So, where do we stack up? Well, the Ravens come in as the fourth leading scoring team in the NFL at 28.4 points per game. They just came off a big victory over the Houston Texans. They're in Baltimore. They're also the number one team in rushing at 156.5 yards per carry or per game. Not per carry, that would be a record. And they would also have 228.3 yards pass, passing yards per game, which comes up to 21st overall. They are the number one scoring defense in the National Football League at 16.5. Okay. Their star players are Lamar Jackson, of course. Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson and Justice, Justice Hill are their running options. At wideout, they got Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Nelson Aguilar, Richard Bateman, and Isaiah Likely as well. On defense, we have Raquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens as your leading tacklers. Then you got Justin Matabuki on the line. You also got Jadavian Kalani, former number one draft pick. So, there's their stars. You also got Justin Tucker, who is... Made, who has made 32 field goals this year. Just saying. Alright. So, there's their star players. What are the keys for the Baltimore Ravens against the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, it's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. When you're the number one rushing offense in the NFL, you run the ball. Okay? Just got to keep running the ball. You also got to keep the ball in Lamar's hands, right? Lamar's your playmaker. Lamar's uh, Lamar is the guy that... Lamar is the guy that's going to be your catalyst, the guy you signed to a long-term contract because he's your franchise quarterback, right? Right. On defense, you need to contain Patrick Mahomes. You cannot let him get out to the edges and make those plays. You cannot give the wide receivers time to find the open spots in your zone defense. I have a feeling the Ravens are going to probably rush five, six guys at a time. And Isaiah Pacheco, last time I checked, which I haven't checked I didn't check yesterday, but I checked Wednesday. Missed practice. But I believe they still have Jerick McKinnon in the backfield. But we'll get to the Chiefs in a moment on what they need to do. The Ravens just need to keep continue to play Ravens ball. And they should come out victorious in this if they do. Okay? So, now, let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs and where their rankings at. They are 15th in scoring offense at 21.8 points per game. They average 104.9 yards per rush, a uh, rushing yards per game. They have 257.8 yards passing per game, and they are the second. They are second in defensive scoring at 17.3. So this could definitely turn into a defensive battle. All right, their star players are, of course, Patty Patrick. Mahomes. All right? He is your star player at quarterback. He signed a ten year deal and for a lot of money. And he is definitely, definitely, uh your star guy. Your star rusher is I say Isaiah Pacheco. Uh your second rusher is gonna be Patrick Mahomes at seventy five attempts. And then you got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which I guess I forgot about him. Uh, because Kansas City offense has forgot about him as well, at seventy attempts for the year. Your leading receivers are Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. Isaiah Pacheco's your third guy. You also have Noah Gray and Justin Watson who can get open. Kadarius Tony only has twenty seven receptions on the year at thirty eight targets, and then you got Marquez Stonehands Valdez Scantling as well. Jerick McKinnon gets has more re- re- receptions than that guy. Okay. On defense, you're looking at Justin Reed, Trent McDuffie, Drew Tranquil, Lajarius Sneed, Willie Gay, and Chris Jones, as I said. Those are your leading guys. Your leading sackers for the, for the defense of the Kansas Chiefs is George Carl I probably just ruined that name. He has 10.5 sacks on the year. And Chris Jones has 10.5 sacks on the year as well. So, The keys for the Chiefs to win this game is contain, 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 contain. Contain Lamar Jackson, contain Justice Hill, contain Gus Edwards. Uh, Make Lamar beat you with his arm and make sure that you do not lose sight of Odell Beckham Jr. or Nelson Aguilar or the other guy, Zay Flowers, right? Don't lose sight of those guys at all i um, not for sure if Mark Andrews is going to play. He hadn't played in the last two games. So if he, he does, Isaiah likely is just, in my opinion, just as good. So there you have it with the Chiefs and Ravens. We will get to our winner right after we discuss the NFC side of things. Okay. So. Where are we at on the NFC side? Well, let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, they're the home team at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Where do they rank? Well, they're third in offensive scoring at 28.9 points per game. They're, they average one hundred and forty point five yards rushing, 140.5 rushing yards per game, which makes them third, and they're sixth in the passing game at 269.2 yards per game as well. Their defense is the third-ranked scoring defense in the National Football League as well. The keys to the star players for them are obviously Brock Purdy, who, and you know what, they threw a stat up that saying going into the fourth quarter, Kyle Shanahan's like 0 for 30, right? 0 for forever, okay? And they were down by more than five at that time. Going in the third quarter, but then at the third quarter they kicked a three, they kicked a field goal to bring it within four, right? So to me, that is no longer he. To me, I'm not giving him that that one win to make him one and thirty. Okay, he's gonna stay zero and thirty. That's that's my point of view, and I'm also saying Brock Purdy, yes, did bring him back, blah blah blah, but the defense did make a stand, and I feel like the Packers shot themselves in the foot a lot of that game. So, not saying I picked the Packers to win or anything, but I picked the Packers to win, and they fell through. So, at quarterback, you got Brock Purdy. Okay? He's not Purdy. He's not pretty, but he's Purdy. All right? Next up, you got Christian McCaffrey leading the league. Well, I don't know if he led the league in rushing, but he did have 1,459 rushing yards and averaged an insane 5.4 yards per carry. Okay. At wide receiver, you had Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel as your top your top target receivers. Debo Samuel Samuel missed Wednesday's practice, then practiced yesterday in a limited basis. So his status is up in the air on Sunday. That uh, unfortunately they well fortunately for the Niners they had a week to prepare in case Samuel doesn't play. Unlike on Sunday when they or Saturday when they didn't have a. Uh, when they had to make end-game decisions on that. So, keys for the Niners to be victorious. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I feel like that's the status of both home teams right now is just run the ball. Give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. He's your best player, right? Brock Purdy needs to limit mistakes. That means he can't be throwing four interceptions to for them to win. Brandon Ayuk needs to be keep being Brandon Ayuk and get open, and Purdy needs to find him. They also got to use McCaffrey going down the seam. Jordan Kitt- George Kittle got open a lot in man coverage. I would say don't man coverage George Kittle because he's going to get open. That's what I'm saying there. On the defensive side of the ball, what are we are looking at? Oh, yeah, Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw. They are very good at linebacker. Okay. We got Chevarius Traver- Ward as well. Nick Bosa, obviously. Um, so there's your, there's your defense, right? Oh, and then there's the former Raider. Fourth round pick that. Hey, look at this. He goes to the Niners, who actually know how to use him, and he's probably one of the, and he's one of their leading. And he's got three and a half sacks on the year. Just saying, leading sack getter is Nick Bosa at ten and a half. Javon Hargrave is second at seven. Excuse me, one second. All right, there we go. Jeez, that was crazy. All right, so they're playing the Detroit lions, right? And what do the Detroit lions bring to the table? Well, they have the fifth scoring offense at 27.1 points per game. They have, a, they average 135.9 yards rushing yards per game. And they have the, and they're fourth in passing at 270.9 yards per game. And the opponents score 23.2 points per game. So they give up a lot of points. right? they are star players for them is jared goff right We got jared goff then you got david montgomery and jameer gibbs okay there's your there's your rushers you got at wide receiver you got amon ra saint brown okay you also have sam laporta josh reynolds Khalif raymond and you got jameer gibbs who's a great dual threat running back on defense they got alex anzalone Jack Campbell, Kirby Joseph, they got Tracy Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, by the way, uh, is, and then who's leading the team in sacks? Oh, Aiden Hutchinson went to 11 and a half. He's also coming into this game with four or five consecutive games with at least two or more sacks. So he is getting, he's getting to the quarterback and it's amazing. Uh the Detroit Lions play a lot of zone defense and rush about 4 I think 4 or 5 is what I've been seeing a lot lately. So, what are the keys for Detroit to to win? Well, starts at quarterback. Jared Goff has to be able to spread the ball around. Right? He also has to limit his mistakes, not take dumb sacks and also not throw interceptions. Um then you need to run the you need to set the play action with David Montgomery and Gibbs. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Again, another theme, okay? Then you have Sam LaPorta needs to get open and keep being the rookie sensation that he is. Listen here, folks. You have two Iowa tight ends, right? Two Iowa Hawkeye tight ends in the NFC Championship game. And George Kittle and Sam LaPorta. Just saying. If you're an Iowa fan, you're loving this game. No matter who wins. Because either way in the Super Bowl, you get to root for one Iowa fan at least. Or Iowa. Former Iowa player, not Iowa fan. But former Iowa player. Okay? So, the uh, the Lions have a chance. They have a shot. I'm just saying, they have a shot. Okay. Um, so do the Chiefs. They have a shot. They have a shot. Um, I'm going to go against all convention of what I've been doing this entire NFL season. And my Super Bowl prediction w- is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Because I think it's a Harbaugh conspiracy, okay? Jim Harbaugh won the in a, the the national championship in college football, so I feel like they're gonna let John Harbaugh win the Super Bowl this year, so that way it's a Harbaugh Bros situation. Because apparently everybody loves the Harbro, Harbaugh Bros. I don't, but we're rooting for we're rooting for a uh, Kyle Shanahan to make. To make the Super Bowl, and we're rooting for John Harbaugh to make the Super Bowl. So we're going Ravens Niners, and I might end up losing a bet out of this deal, but so be it. Okay. So there you have it on the NFL side. We will do a Super Bowl preview in two weeks when the Super Bowl is. Okay. Now let's talk about what are the Bucks thinking? Oh my gosh, this is the NBA segment. So if you're here for the NFL stuff, I guess um, stick around. And Find out about some NBA stuff. Because here's the Bucs situation. Adrian Griffin, in his first contract, right, in his first year of the team, is 30-13, and ends up getting fired. You know why? Oh, because we're going to bring in Doc Rivers. You want to know Doc Rivers' playoff record? It's not good, folks. As a Clippers fan, I know this. Doc Rivers has won one NBA title as a coach. And that was with the 2008 boston celtics okay he won one 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 ring so far as a coach okay boston celtics boston celtics 2008 you want to know what that team was that team had kevin garnett paul pierce ray allen right okay he caught lotney in a battle that year thanks to danny Ainge. he had them in the, he did have them in the nba championship uh two or three or three more times right before he finally left boston because they are going to do a rebuild, and he went on to become a Clippers head coach. Now, he wins lots of games, okay? He, with the Clippers, he had four seasons of 50-plus wins, okay? So he wins a lot of regular season games. However, this is where it gets dicey, folks. Doc Rivers is the only coach to ever lose when his team up was 3-0, 3-0 in his best-of-seven series three times. All right, Doc Rivers is the only coach to ever do that, because, and this is the reason why, Doc Rivers doesn't make halftime adjustments. Okay, that's why he's got. Here's the deal: he's got one NBA champion and one East and two Eastern Conference championships. That's it. His playoff records: one eleven and one o four. His end season record is a thousand and ninety seven and seven sixty three. So. He can win season, win you a season title, if you want to win the division, that's fine. But if you're looking to win a NBA championship, he's probably not your guy. Just I'm just saying, he's probably not that guy for you. Okay. Uh, Adrian Griffin, granted, he was in his first year of head coaching. Uh, Adrian Griffin pro- doesn't uh, was a former uh, Raptors head coach. I think he really got the raw end of this deal. Um, I also don't think they, the, the, the thing was, is apparently he had a problem with Giannis or Giannis had a problem with him. Somebody had a problem with them and you know, who gets the ax, not Giannis, of course. Nope. Nope. Not him. It's going to be the coach and Adrian Griffin. You sir are now jobless. So sorry for you, but the, uh, Buc- the bucks have made that decision. So, his coaching career, um, yeah, he was an assistant coach, right, an assistant coach, and then this was his first year being a head coach. Uh, He had been on the Bucs staff in 08 and 10, Chicago staff, Orlando staff, Oklahoma City, and Toronto staff. And then he gets his first job, and he's 30 and 13, and he gets fired. Uh, Yeah, not, not cool, boys. Not cool, but Adrian Griffin should be a head coach somewhere. Uh, he does everything really well, and I like him as a head coach. Unfortunately, the Bucks did not. And again, I don't see the Bucks winning a championship with Doc Rivers because that Eastern Conference has the Celtics, has the Seventy Sixers, has the Bucks, and the Heat, who just traded for uh, Terry Rozier. Uh, they got rid of Kyle Lowry and brought in Terry Rozier to run the point. And Rozier is much more is a little bit younger and a bowling ball. A wrecking ball, I shouldn't say bowling ball, but a wrecking ball uh, at point guard. So, most likely your top four teams are going to be the 76ers, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Celtics with the one seed, the Bucks at best two seed, 76ers the three seed, and the four is going to be the Heat. And then, so in the second round, the Bucks are going to play the 76ers, which is Doc's old team. And Joel Embiid is on a mission, apparently, with him putting up 70 points. So, <sighs> Bucks. You got it wrong. Well, that's all I'm saying. Okay, you 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 figure it out. You play conflict manager. Now you're pay, playing three three coaches, high paying salaries. Right? You got to pay for uh, the former coach Budenhol Budenhauser or Holzer or whatever. Uh, then you got to pay for Griffin now, and now you're paying Doc Rivers, and it's just ridiculous. So there we go. Now let's go into the Hall of Fame. You know. I know we've only been done 20 minute, uh, 20 minutes, uh, podcast lately, but this one's going a little bit farther and I really appreciate y'all listening to this as well. Make sure to drop that follow button. Make sure to drop that, uh, that like button. Make sure to, uh, you know, just ring the bell. Let's, let's, let's keep growing this podcast. We were at almost 1500 downloads in two years. Uh, by the way, uh, next week will be our two year anniversary of this podcast. Which is lasted longer than ninety percent of other podcasts that have ever started, because normally podcasts fail after the first year. For us, we keep on growing and growing and growing. So, part of a five year plan, we're looking pretty damn good. Okay. So let's talk about let's talk about who got into the Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre got in with a ninety five point one percent of the vote. Whoever didn't vote for him, obviously. <sighs> He should have been a hundred percenter. The guy was that good. Todd Helton in the Hall of Fame squeaked by at 79.7. Joe Maurer squeaked in as well with a 76.1. Now let's talk about who was left out, shall we? The guys that were left out were Billy Wagner, undisputedly the best left-handed closer of all time, relief pitcher all time. Gary Sheffield should be in the Hall of Fame. I understand there's some character issues, but people want to talk about the peds, they want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Gary Sheffield played baseball. That man was there, up there, hitting, 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 hitting. He hit for power, he hit for average, he played great defense, and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones, best defensive center fielder all time. That's not coming from me, even though I've done a podcast on Andrew Jones and why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, that's coming from Willie Mays, who's arguably the best center fielder of all time. Okay, Carlos Beltran, best switch t- one of the my generation's best switch hitter. Okay, hitting uh, player of all time, Mickey Mantle, Eddie Murray, Carlos Beltran. There we go. I mean, if you really want to throw Chili Davis in there, Chili Davis is left-handed, was a switch hitter. I love Chili Davis, not a Hall of Famer though. Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, obviously, are also uh, not in because, you know, they don't like peds or some crap like that. But, you know, we'll do amphetamines. That's okay. You can snort coke all you want, I guess, as well. That's okay. Uh, But, you know, you do peds, that's wrong. You do Android, that's wrong. But Mike Piazza's in, just saying. So, let's be real here, folks. Let's be real. Uh, Other nominees that got some votes here was Omar Vizquel, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, and Andy Pettit. Also, someone thought Brandon Phillips decided, needed to be in the Hall of Fame, and and not, um, and not Billy Wagner. Yeah, way to waste a vote there, guy. I mean, Brandon Phillips was a good player, but he definitely wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. So, how many more years does Billy Wagner have uh, left in him, right? So, that's that's the question. That's the question is I think he's got one more year of what he's got left. Yes, this is his ninth year on the ballot. He fell five votes votes shy of being enshrined. So somebody, somebody out there, we need five more voters to give Billy Wagner in the Hall of Fame. He should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. He shouldn't have to wait. That's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, it's absolutely ridiculous. Gary Sheffield needs to get in as well. That's all I'm saying. Let's get those boys in and let's get into Let's get the let's let's get those guys in, shall we? Okay? Because I mean, we're really not looking at a great a great uh 2025 class after Ichiro. Ichiro's going to get in obviously. The man is a legend, right? You can probably make a case for CC Bet Sabathier, but I don't think he gets there. Wagner definitely needs to get in um so we got Andrew Jones should be in it's his eighth year on the ballot uh Manny Ramirez best to get in he's on it's his ninth year on the ballot somebody get him enough votes to get him in I don't care about Omar Vasquez. I don't care about Bobby Abreu Jimmy Rollins Andy Pettit Mark Burley Francisco Rodriguez all those is I don't really care about okay first year guys there's a li- there's a list of first year guys: Ichiro, C.C., Dustin Pedroya, Ian Kinsler, Felix Hernandez, Troy Tulowitzki. I didn't even know that guy retired, but okay. I thought he was still playing ball somewhere. <laughs> ben Zobrist, Cub legend Ben Zobrist, Curtis Granderson, the Grandy man can, Hanley Ramirez, Russell Martin, Adam Jones. Hmm? Adam Jones could probably make a case. Uh, Brian McCann, Martin Prado, Carlos Good. Cargon, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, Melky Cabrera, not Miguel, but Melky, another New York Yankee legend, uh, Clay Buckholtz, Francisco Liriano, Ian Desmond, Jason Vargas, Kendris Morales, Mark Trumbo, uh, Fernando Rodney, and Mark Reynolds. Ooh, you know, can we get Fernando Rodney in there? I just want to see if he's going to uh, do his bow and arrow shot just for the heck of it because that would be awesome. So, Out of those guys, let's talk about Jaws, because I prefer Jaws over anything else. Alex Rodriguez leads the field at 90.9. Right? That's that's unbelievable. Then you got Beltre, Utley, Andrew Jones. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, if you really want to talk about war, that's fine too. I mean, Andrew Jones, your top five is Rodriguez, Beltran, Ramirez, Utley, Jones. Did Utley really play better than what I think he did? Like, that's I didn't think Ellie played that well, but okay. Um, so... My my 2025 class, if I had the votes, I would go Billy Wagner. I would vote for... Now you can vote for 10. My 10s. Wagner, Ramirez, Jones. Okay. And then I'm going Rodriguez, Beltran. I'm going Ichiro, um geez now now it gets tough okay now it gets tough um we could go uh, yeah it's really it's really tough now after that after each hero it gets it gets tough um but who's who who deserves this right who deserves our last votes uh felix hernandez uh granderson adam jones and why not just throw out fernando rodney Okay, there we go. There's our 10. Okay, so if you don't agree with my 10, at me on Twitter, at me on TikTok. Uh, But there we go. So I hope you all enjoyed uh, today. Um, I'm not going to – you know what? Since I am a man of the people, I am a man of the people, let's talk WWE wrestling real quick, okay? Vince McMahon is the biggest POS ever. If you didn't know that when you were kids and growing up in the nineties, you definitely do now. Okay. The guy, the man is disgusting. The man doesn't deserve to, to be included on uh, anything wrestling whatsoever. Okay. He, we all knew he, he was that way growing up, right? Watching the attitude era, all that. Like we knew there was there was probably some inappropriate crap going on, and unfortunately he finally got caught, and now it's time to just for him to go away. Like we all thought he was gonna go away two or three years ago, and he didn't. But now it's time for the man to go away. So on that note, we're gonna we're gonna call it a night. We're call it a night. I gotta get ready for work because the office is called in the righty from the bullpen. So again, thanks for everybody to tuning in. I love each and every one of you. You guys are great. You guys keep this fun, entertaining. Um, find me on Twitter, one oneguywithamike.com. Find me on, yes, we still call it Twitter because, no, I'm not a boomer, but it's not X. It doesn't make sense to call it X, okay? Even when you click on the link, it sends you to Twitter. Just saying. It says it's, it's a Twitter link. Like, if somebody sends you a link from Twitter or from X, it's a Twitter link. It automatically does that, okay? Just saying. just Just throwing that out there. Uh, follow me on TikTok, one guy with a mic, as well. Find me on Twitch, one guy with a mic. Find me on YouTube, it's one guy with a mic. All. The, it has to be all together. It has to be all together. No spaces on YouTube, otherwise you won't find me. Okay? So listen to the podcast, make sure to download it. And I will talk to you guys next week about some kind of sports finagle and stuff. But it's going to be our two-year anniversary. So that's exciting. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in and hey, you know what? Take care of yourself and others. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, AKA the football history dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the sports history network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers, about Dave Osborne, or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts.